0: God speaks to us through the Bible, which is his word that is sharp, living, and active, and is vitally important in our daily walk with God. A key live verse for me is Romans 4 verse 16. Good morning, church. Good morning. Good morning. It's, it's great to be here, and it's great to be able to uh, share God's word with you this morning. Um, we're looking at live verses today, and I wanted to share one of my live verses. There are quite a few, but this is one of them, and I hope you will be blessed by it. I started by apologizing in the nine o'clock and I will do the same here. Cause I think I've got some life group members here. Um, over the years, you would have heard me quote this verse so many times. And you have heard some of the stories that will come out so many times. So I apologize cause yet again, you will hear the same thing, the same old, uh, stories. So, um, we'll get going with the, with the message. Okay, my live verse is Romans four verse sixteen. I'm going to be quoting it from the message version, um, and the topic I'm gonna to be speaking on is trusting God. Romans four sixteen should be on the screen behind me. The fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God and His way and simply embracing Him and what He does. God's promise arrives as a pure gift. I encountered this passage as a 21 year old um, girl, woman, going through a series of changes and challenges in my life. And reading this verse, learning about it, was an anchor um, and it remains so even today. So as we speak about it, I will encourage you to try and engage with it a bit and try and reflect on your own life. Um, It's not really about my story. It's about all our stories and um, our God as he leads us through. Okay, so cast your mind back to when you were a teenager or a young adult, uh, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Um, Cast your mind back to the the challenges you may have faced at that point. Um, Now, when you look at it, you probably think, why did I think that was the end of the world? But at that point, it did feel like the end of the world. Um, I say this to say, there may be a young person in your life, there may be a teenager in your life going through some things, and you kind of just want to shake them and say, get out of it, come out of it. But you have to realize that as you felt at that point in life, some of the things they're going through might feel insurmountable and we cannot underestimate what, um, how people feel when they go through things in their particular life for that particular person. Now, the reason I'm saying this is because, um, I've learned a few things. I've learned a few principles up to in my life up to this point, And one of them is that God's word is alive and God's word is his promise to me. And when I, actually learn from God's word today, what he knows I need for tomorrow, I'm able to face the coming days. So in learning to trust God, the foundation of doing that is God's word. And I need to take the time to invest in building in myself, the things that will enable me face, whatever challenges, whatever successes, whatever things come in the days to come. So I've put on there that learning from God's word today, what he knows I need for tomorrow enables me face the coming days. That's the first principle I would like to live with you. And to be honest in life as in faith, we actually know this to be true. If you think about it, no one is born a doctor, no one is born an engineer, no one is born a nurse, no one is born a mechanic. You actually invest to become those things. So this is something that I have taken on in my life as a, as a principle. So as a 21-year-old, I had a few challenges. Some will be common to some young people here today or everyone really, and some are quite uh, unique for that time of life. Um, I had to deal with some self-image issues. Um, I had to deal with numerous heartbreaks, and um, I actually had to deal with um, financial pressures and debt as a 21-year-old, and this was quite a a big thing to go through for, for me. Now, as the years have gone by, and as everyone here will attest, there are challenges that keep coming up in life. Um, I've had some as well. Um, I had to, I lost my job at a point, and I had to, I had no income. I had a few health scares as well. Um, Now, I'm saying all this not to say, oh, see how, (laughs) see her list of words, but to actually share with you the second life principle I want to live today. And it is that there is always a reason to trust God. In every season of life, in your life today, as you're sat there, um, I'm sure there are things that you're looking to God for. I'm sure there are things you're trusting God for in your own life. As I stand here today, there are things I'm also looking to God for when I engaged with this principle or uh, when I accepted the fact that there is always a reason to trust God, it actually centered me. It helped me realize that there's nothing that happens to me that is unique to me. It's not, you know, no one's going to go th- through life without a few challenges or things to face. Um, realizing early on that there's a reason to trust God allows me Fix my eyes on God and face the challenge before me rather than wallowing in self-pity. So we'll go back to the verse um, Romans 4:16. It will come up on the screen. And I'll request that we actually read it together now um, before we delve deeper into it. On the count of three. <laughs> One, two, three. The fulfillment of God's promise depends entirely on trusting God and his way and embracing him and what he does. God's promise arrives as pure gift. Fantastic. Um, Oh, well done. That word I actually missed out there is actually a very important word. Simply, there is a simplicity to this verse that cannot be underestimated. And, um, I'm glad you picked up on that. (laughs) All right. So we'll look at this verse in three sections and these are the three, the three ways I have come to understand it. And I will share that with you. The first section is the first part of the verse. It talks about God's desire. It talks about the fulfillment of God's promise. Um, God has a promise for your life. God has a promise for my life. Um, Sometimes in life you have specific promises. You have specific words. You have specific prophecies that are given to you. But really, in my life, I've come to understand that even in the absence of all that, I do have a promise and that promise is the word of God um, God's word. The Bible is God's promise to me. Everything God says he means everything is written in there. He means for you. He means for me so I can depend on that. It says in second Peter one, four, that God has given us his very great and precious promises for life. The promises in God's word are for every season of my life. So whatever it is I'm facing, there is a word for me in the Bible. If only I will look in there. Isaiah 55 also speaks of God's word as the rain that causes the earth to yield its fruit and that the word will not return to God without fulfilling what God sent it for. There's a third verse I would like to, to bring up and I've put that one on the screen because this is my favorite of the lot and it's, um, Psalm 138 verse two. It says you have exalted above all else, your name and your word, and you have magnified your word above all your name. Now the name of Jesus is powerful. Um, you know, God's name reveals to us the essence of his nature. There's so much we get there from just the name of God, but yet the Bible tells us that he has magnified his word above his name. And that gives me an assurance that when God's word says something about my situation, he means it. He puts his weight behind his word. He has exalted it above his name and whatever we think he would do when we call the name of Jesus He's ready to do because he has said it that he would do it. So that gives me a great assurance that God's desire for me is to fulfill his promise. God's desire for you is to fulfill his promise to you, according to his purpose, according to his timing and in the realm of his sovereignty. The second part of the verse speaks of actually trusting God. Practically talks about my action in this whole equation. Um, I apologize. I'm an engineer, so we're in, in equations sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so it uh, talks about that. And I absolutely love how it's broken down in this verse and in this translation because it brings it down to my level. It says three things. It says to trust God. Trust his heart. Trust his intentions. Trust that he's got plans and purposes that are good for you. It speaks of that he asked me to trust his way, trust how God chooses to respond to what you are seeking him for, how he chooses to respond may differ from how you are expecting him to respond. It may differ for how, from how you want him to respond in that situation. But if you trust that he's got a good heart towards you, if you trust that he's got good plans towards you, then trust how he chooses to respond as well. Thirdly, it speaks of accepting God's way. Now, it says there, simply embrace him and what he does. That's surrender. That's accepting God for who he is. That's where the rubber really hits the road because you go from having trust as a head knowledge to having trust as a practical action. I will accept what you do. God, I will accept how you choose to do it. I'll accept what you say about it. If you say, go, I go. If you say, stay, I stay, I accept you. I take you at your word. So this really speaks of God's sovereignty. It speaks of us acknowledging God's sovereignty in the situations we face. There's an old hymn I came across, um, I don't know if it's actually called Be Still My Soul, but I'll I'll just quote what it says. It says, Be still my soul, thy God doth undertake, to guide the future as he has the past. Thy hope, thy confidence, let nothing shake. All now mysterious shall be bright at last. Be still my soul, the waves and winds still know his voice who ruled them while he dwelt below now you can spend some time yourself reflecting on what that word says that hymn says but for me really listening to that speaks of the practicality of accepting god's way and having an assurance that god has my best interest at heart the final part of the verse says god's promise arrives as a pure gift Now this speaks of God's part in this whole equation as well. The funny thing I came to learn is when I do the first two, when I accept God's sovereignty, when I actually trust him and trust his heart towards me, I get to the place, I I put myself in a posture to actually receive what God wants to give me in that situation. I stop striving. I submit. And because God's word is, is uh, backed by the honor of his name, I know that he would do what he says he would do. So when he says his promise will arrive as a pure gift, it will arrive as a pure gift to me. So this verse is, or part of a verse, if you, if you look at it that way, is... Um, it's been uh, an anchor for my life really. And I can imagine it will continue to be on my days. Um, and I invite you to engage with it as well because it does remind us of God's faithfulness and God's goodness. It calls us to depend on God's sovereignty and it assures us of God's desire to give us the very best. It's my prayer that, you will actually come in your own life situations, in your challenges, in your successes, to know this to be your own reality. Amen. <laughs> well, Wasn't that great? What, a, what an inspiration and a challenge. Wherever you're at in your journey, let God speak into your life, and we can reach out and take that life verse that has been. So important for Shane to be something that inspires you along your own personal journey uh, as well and just excellent stuff.